and welcome to another episode of Lionsgate with your two besties, Saudi and Omni. I'm Omni and I got my girl Saudi right next to me here as always. Hey guys. Last week we talked about Saudi's death story and how she crossed over and what she experienced and remembered and my experiences with seeing spirits growing up and how that was so normalized in my house that I didn't realize that it wasn't so normal. This week, we're going to start off by answering some questions about last week's episode, and we're also going to incorporate a story that was written in this week. If you, the listeners, have questions about episodes in general, or general questions, or even want us to read a story of, on an episode, go ahead and write us in at our email, which is saudiandomni at gmail.com. That's S-A-H-D-I-A-N-D. O-M-N-I at gmail.com, but you also can find us on our joint Facebook page, which is Saudi Omni, and you can find our Lionsgate podcast page and give us a like. This episode is going to be about ghosts and fragmented souls. So uh, first we're going to go over some questions that were written in, and question number one was, Saudi, how did you start doing readings? Um, I was actually gifted a deck by my, um, old boss and she did tarot readings and she came in one day and she brought in a deck and she said that they didn't work for her anymore and that they wanted to go to a new home mm -hmm. and she instantly thought about me. And at the time I'd never even thought about reading tarot. I thought it was cool. I had gone to some tarot readers in my past. Um, but she just put them in my hands and I started to play with them and, and I had a connection to them right away. And I still have that deck to this day. So was that after you died? Yes. Okay. And then did you like just feel a draw to like look up what each meaning was? Well, the deck that I got was more of an oracle deck. Okay. And it had a book attached to it. Yeah. And so I read the book. And that's pretty much what I did. And I meditated on the cards and oh, that's right. And they spoke to me. Okay, so okay, through this, the images. We'll try to stay on track. But okay, so when <laughs> my partner, um, one of the things that drew me to him is he said, "I know more about astrology than you." And so he he has been um, like focusing on a, a deck or ask a question on. I have I have a couple different decks. And one really resonated with him, so it's his deck now. And he would uh, draw the picture, ask a question, draw the picture, and instead of like looking up what that means, he would uh, look at a picture and tell a story. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is the Nine of Cups. I'm thinking that she's full and that, and translate it into the question. Mm -hmm. And then he, or he sits and thinks on it and stuff. And I was like, that's not how that goes. You need to look up what the card means. That's exactly I, how yes, you do it. I, yeah, and then I told Saudi and she was like, no, that's exactly how you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know much about tarot, so I was just teasing him. But uh, I, I have trouble with the focus to a part of being able to just focus and meditate on it. Like we've talked about mm -hmm. for me, meditation in the bath is when I'm the most relaxed and that's when I feel <laughs> there's sirens in the background. <laughs> They're coming to get us. Um, but that's when I feel relaxed enough to focus. And, um, so I struggle with that. So I thought that was really cool. You're like, no, that's exactly what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do. And I guess, I mean, this person's asking, how'd you start doing readings? Well, 
it just took time knowing your deck, right? Exactly. Now, when, when Saudi does readings, I know firsthand she has like 10 decks that she draws from. And I think it's so cool when I talk about um, her doing reading for me to any of my friends. I'm like, it's so legit. Like she pulls from like 10 different decks and, and it's amazing. Um, okay. So the second question is Omni. You said your mom had a friend that was a palm reader. Was she a median? Um, neither were medians. Uh, at least I don't think so. I, I don't remember too much because this was her friend when I was young. Um, like I said, she did palm readings when I was like my fifth grade birthday party. Um, but I do know my mom's, she wasn't a median, but she did have some psychic visions. Like I remember her telling me the story about when she was younger, she was driving and it was raining and like her windshield turned into a projector screen and she saw two of her friends get in a motorcycle accident and she was just crying. And when she got home, her dad had told her that I think one of them had passed away, but, um, something like, like, and she'd always like have such good intuition on stuff. Like her intuition was on point and she would have dreams and stuff here and there, but she wasn't like, I mean, <laughs> she wasn't like, uh, I knew, I know you shaved your legs, Ashley, in third grade because I'm psychic. She knew I shaved my leg because I had a big gash out of my knee and I told her I cut my leg with a butter knife and it shaved one perfect strip off of my leg because she was also not dumb. <laughs> but I just, I, she had such a crazy story or such a, to her life in general. Um, <laughs> she got struck by lightning twice. And she wasn't hospitalized either time. And I remember watching a documentary with her when I was younger about um, other people that this has happened to. It's, it was in her book that she wrote. And um, there was like a witness, I think both times. Um, one of the times she was like walking out of the laundry room uh, in her apartment complex, I think in Florida. It might have been in Illinois. But anyways, uh, <laughs> she got struck by lightning. Some guy comes running up and he's like, I can't believe you just got struck by lightning. Are you okay? She was fine, and I just know like she couldn't wear a watch or it would um, stop working after a while. And <laughs> she used to take us, when I lived in Arizona, she used to take us out back and um, watch the storms roll in on our trampoline. And I'm like, <laughs> I got older and I thought, you're, you're a lightning conductor. Why would you right. do that? <laughs> but I love thunderstorms to this day, so Me I mean, too. I'm still here. <laughs> Um, okay, so if anybody has questions like that about any of our episodes, yeah, hit us up. I, I will read them on air. Um, so we want to start with our write-in story. Um, as always, it'll be anonymous. It says, uh, when I was five, I woke up. My brother and I shared a room. When you walk out of the room across the hallways, my mom and her boyfriend's room. Then to the left was the stairs. It was the only way down. Well, when I walked out of my room, my mom's door was open and her boyfriend was sitting on the bed, putting on his socks. He smiled and said, good morning. I walked down to the kitchen. As I rounded the corner, I could hear my brothers laughing and my mom talking, but there was another familiar voice. When I walked in, there was my mom's boyfriend, fully dressed, cooking breakfast. I just stared at him, confused. I had just left him upstairs. He had only one sock halfway on, and there was no other way down. There was no way he could have beat me down the stairs. 
All right. Well, that kind of feels like it's not the same thing at all for me, but it, it does feel the time that I was talking about in the last episode um, when I saw that spirit into the kitchen and I thought it was my partner and my partner actually came down the stairs and I was like, what the fudge? <laughs> but definitely something different. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I actually have no idea what yeah. that possibly could have been. It sounds like a glitch in the matrix. <gasps> yes. Me. Yes. Um, I've actually had experiences like that before with my ex-husband where I thought he came home. I was half asleep and, uh, he came in and he told me that he was home and I got up a few minutes later and he wasn't there and he came home after that, maybe five or 10 minutes after. Oh, okay. So there was a TikTok trend on this. Not this exactly, but I mean, yeah, kind of like this where, um, and this is, I mean, I love, I love technology in the sense of that it connects us. I love the connection it brings to everybody. But I remember seeing videos of this girl was like, my son walked in and he was like, Hey mom, or he, he was, he was in the next room talking to her and she was like, come here. And then he comes in 10 minutes later and she's getting irritated. And he's like, I just got home. And then like there was a couple different stories and it was circulating for a while where, where they were saying, hey, this is a glitch in the matrix, like maybe an echo of another dimension. So oh, okay. in the next yeah. dimension, maybe the son got home 15 minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. So, and I think there was something kind of similar, similar like that where they're like, oh, this is when I think I died and shifted into another dimension. And it was somebody getting in an almost car wreck, but then like different, like the Mandela effect, mm -hmm. which, oh, we should pick so in that a different up. dimension. They actually did get into the accident. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, if any of you have any ideas or experiences with this, please write it in. And we'd love to do an episode on that. Cause that sounds awesome. Um, okay. Let's start this off. Let's see with ghosts. We said, we're going to talk about ghosts and fragmented souls. <clears throat> so what do you think a ghost is? Cause there's so many different definitions and perceptions from TV and mm -hmm. movies and stuff. Right. So I believe that all ghosts, were human at some point. They are humans that crossed over. Um, in my experience, I've noticed that if someone dies, um, they're usually earthbound mm -hmm. for anywhere between two days to about two weeks, generally. Mm -hmm. And that's the time when they come and they say their goodbyes to their family members. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon where someone will be like, I woke up in the middle of the night, my grandma was there and she was sitting on my bed and she was telling me goodbye and it really felt like she was there. And then they wake up in the morning and they find out that their grandmother passed away. I've and heard stories of that and from I people heard, I know. Yes, I've heard multiple people tell me stories like that. And usually for me, like um, being a medium, mm -hmm. um, I've noticed that within the first 10 days is when those spirits will come through and be in your dreams mm -hmm. and you can feel them. You can smell them and they're the most powerful. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, they start to go into the other dimensions and they spend more mm -hmm. time there and they become more comfortable, um, with the fact that they're gone Yeah. and they can come back and they can visit. Um, yeah. sometimes they decide to reincarnate right away. Um, and other times they decide to stay and learn their lessons and, and the next dimension. 
So from my personal experience, from when you did my reading, mm-hmm. you, you said my mom was off um, growing and expanding and you pulled the galaxy card and you said there's, she said, um, there's more than you could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And I, I just made me feel so full and it resonated and I just, I believe it in my bones. And so that she's out there and she's learning and she's free. And same with my one of my grandmas, not my sassy grandma, um, who's who's my mom was my mom's best friend in life, and they they still connect on the other side and they mm-hmm. they're learning. Um, my one grandma was in not a so nice of a relate. You know, I people talk about oh my grandparents were married for fifty years. It's like well you know fifty years ago women couldn't even have a bank account. <laughs> Right. She was in one of those marriages and it was really freeing to find out that she's growing and she's like shed her cage mm-hmm. and, um, she used the words, um, or she used the words falling in love with herself again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So it's weird because I've had dreams of my other, my, my loved ones, but I don't, and I do believe they come to me in dreams, but I, man, I didn't have dreams of my mom at all forever. And I think that was to do with me not being ready. Mm-hmm. And when, like I told you, I had that dream of her, um, when I had the dream of the bouquet, um, in waves, like the bouquet of flowers and fields, I talked about this in the last, last episode. Um, and there was like a sunset and, didn't see my mom in this at all. There was no symbolism in it at all, but I felt her presence there. Mm-hmm. And it was like her gently being like, I'm here. Right. You know, and then after that, she's like. Well, I know when I do readings and I'm tapping in, mm-hmm. um, I put myself in an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And when you're dreaming, you're already there. Yeah. So a lot of times um, spirits will come to their loved ones in their dreams and then they don't remember when they wake up. What was the story you told me where they said, I'm, I'm there. You just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, they that, were dreaming. that happens a lot. Yeah. So they'll be able to tap into your energy while you're sleeping and come through mm-hmm. and speak to your subconscious. Um, but you might not remember it. Yeah. So you, you, you said that you didn't dream about your mom at all. Yeah. That might not have been the case. Yeah. You might've been dreaming about your mom every single night. She might've been coming to you and you just didn't remember. Yeah. And that's why it's like really important to pay attention to your dreams. Start a dream journal. Yeah. You know, lucid dreaming and things like that, because you can go so far when your we conscious wakes to, up. Yes. While, you know, your subconscious is, you know, your I'm stuttering over here. No. So um, your subconscious is always running. It's a yeah. constant program that never stops. And when you go to sleep, your consciousness rests. Yeah. But if you can wake up in your sleep, yeah. that's called lucid dreaming. Right. And then you can pretty much do anything. Which I've, I've had experiences with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only done astral projection once that I can think of. Um, but yeah, lucid dreaming, when I finally come to and I'm like, this is a dream. Like, I'm going right. to do whatever I want. And then you remember it. <laughs> yeah. And then you can play with it in the beginning. You know, you can have these lucid dreams where you're um, flying and you're mm. doing all kinds of like crazy shit. Right? I always swim through the air. Sw- like it's water. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but then you can get deeper into that. The better yeah. you get at it, you can meditate within your dream. Really? Yeah. Looking in the mirror is crazy too when you're dreaming oh. because then you can kind of see 
or looking at the time and things like that. I've never done. But you can go. You can you can raise your consciousness within your dreams by meditating. It's like Inception, mm -hmm. but real life. Right. <laughs> and then you come. You can meet your spirit guides. You can meet your higher self. It, once you realize that you're dreaming, you can yeah. say, "Okay, like show me who I am. Show me where I come from." You could speak to your ancestors. You speak okay. to your higher self and to your spirit guides, your spirit animals right. who come through. So, okay, so you said last episode I asked you the question, mm -hmm. like, when you do readings, what do you see and all that? And you said, I connect to my higher self, mm -hmm. and then and then I communicate through through my higher self. Right. So if somebody, and you said, I had to die to meet my higher self. Right. Um, but for somebody on a spiritual journey that's searching for their higher self, like me, mm -hmm. um, would it would you want to, would you recommend lucid dreaming as a good avenue i mean obviously you don't want anybody to die <laughs> <laughs> right. um yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay so for me i know with lucid dreaming there's a lot of herbs mugwort is a great herb it's super bitter so mix it with some other stuff we're drinking a tea right now with like lavender mugwort um there's not chamomile on it but that's a good one um Blue Lotus and Blue Lotus Flower is really good, but it's also good for anxiety and stuff. So I always recommend get a book, get some um, books on herbs, and that helps. Because lucid dreaming, like, I'm down with that. I'm so mm -hmm. on with that. And, like, herbs and teas, like, help 100%. Right. And with the lucid dreaming, the best way to do it is to write down your dreams the yes. second you wake up. Because a lot of people, they'll get up and use the bathroom, mm -hmm. they'll grab their phone, and that's, that's what I do. Yeah. I grab my phone too much. I, <laughs> you should wait at least five or ten minutes to grab your phone. I should. Morning, you know, because you need to process your own thoughts and yeah, and and center yourself because you're going right from dream state to awake. Right. And you need a few minutes to kind of stretch and just be alone with your own thoughts before yeah. you start bombarding your consciousness with other people's yeah energy. Uh, if I wake up with my partner, he'll be like what were you dreaming about? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, but I do know. I just don't want to, I haven't processed it yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, and sometimes when he asks me that, I'm like having a server nightmare and I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> right. But it's all, we'll do another yeah. episode on dreaming because I've yeah. taken some dream classes and yes. um, I know a lot. Of and I have some really good stories about dr okay. not only dreams, but like when I was younger, I had night terrors. And like, if you're dealing with night terrors, what, something that you can do to work yourself out of that um from a therapist point of view but also shadow work which is mm -hmm. something we can we're going to probably bring up later in this episode um okay so the other thing we were wanting to talk about is mm -hmm. um fragmented souls okay so <clears throat> fragmented souls um are a lot like ghosts, but mm -hmm. they, they're a little bit different. Right. And there's layers to it. There's... Okay, so I know we talked about this uh, a while back. There was a story um, where this video had been taken of this boy, and he had like a lantern, and he was like walking down the street, and it was very obvious he was a spirit. Like, I mean, he was a spirit, but like the camera picked up on him. Mm -hmm. And um, it had gone viral somehow, maybe TikTok, maybe YouTube. But this girl who's a medium picked up on his energy and was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to help him. 
Um, basically what she picked up from him is that he was a kid in like the 1930s or 50s. Um, I can't remember exactly what, but he was doing a paper route and he'd gotten hit by a car and he didn't know he was dead. And he kept telling her, this is like breaking my heart, even talking about it. I have to get home to my mom. She doesn't know, like, I'm going to be late. Mm -hmm. I got to get home to my mom. She's going to be upset with me. And like, he was just on a loop. And then I know you had mentioned, well, that's that he's, he might have been a fragmented soul. Right. And I was like, what is that? And that can happen when someone dies really quick, like traumatically, yeah. violently. And they, they had no idea that they were just about to die. Like right. He was just doing his paper route and going down the street and then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. Yeah. Um, what I believe is that in a traumatic incident like that, yeah. A part of your soul can be fragmented from the whole. Right. And part of his, most of his energy probably crossed over and, mm -hmm. you know, they were waiting for him on the other side, but there was like a piece, like a tiny piece of glass that was still left. Mm-hmm. Left in, in left. that area. So, it, like, he could move on and be, either be on the other, other side or, like, be reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Or like, he can be reincarnated yeah, without a piece of his soul? Yes. So what does that look like for, if, if somebody reincarnates and their soul is stuck in a loop? <clears throat> well, that's why uh, shadow work is so important. Yeah. Because we probably have fragmented our souls through different lifetimes even. Uh -huh. You know? And if it's like a teeny tiny fragment of your soul, the rest of your soul can move on. Do you feel it missing? Usually you do. And a lot of people, that's where PTSD comes from. Yeah. And a lot of people just say, oh, I feel like there's a part of me missing, like someone that went to war. Yeah. And they might feel like a part of me never came back from that war. I feel like I left a piece of myself. Oh, that makes so there. much sense. And then they fill it with drugs or alcohol or they're just an angry person or they're a shut-in or they, they have all these like symptoms mm -hmm. of not being whole. Right. And always in trying to find ways to through counseling or through, you know, through different partners, right. or, you know, having kids or something like trying to fill that space within them that's empty. Yeah. And so what I work with is bringing those fragments of your soul back to yourself so you can become whole in this lifetime, because a lot of people don't yeah. even realize why. Right. You know, they're, they're afraid, of, afraid, afraid of the water, for instance, mm -hmm. and they're afraid of drowning. And maybe two or three lifetimes ago, that's how they passed away. Oh. And they still have a fragment of their soul that keeps looping. Drowning. I had a theory about that one. Like, okay, so my partner scared, really <clears throat> scared of heights. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe you like fell from a tall building mm -hmm. when in your last life. Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but I didn't never thought about like a piece of him being left behind, you mm -hmm. know? Like that's, that. I don't know. That really resonates. That feels really, that resonates with me because it makes sense. I mean, I, I'm, I, I stay open-minded and, but I I'm still a logical person. Mm -hmm. And so when things fall in line and it feels right in your gut, you mm -hmm. know, you got to trust your intuition. Um, I'm going on a side story real quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I bartend and I was waiting on these three random people. Well, two random people. And the girl was like, oh yeah, we're waiting on, um, we're waiting on our late friend. I was like, oh, he's late. And he goes, yeah, he's always late to everything. I was like, well, my friend over there is always late and he's Capricorn. So maybe your friend's a Capricorn. 
And I, I said that because I thought he's probably a Capricorn in my head first. Mm -hmm. And then I said it. And I have no filter, obviously. And then he gets there and I'm like, hey, you know, Mr. Late, you know, that's very Capricorn of you. And he's like, how'd you know I was a Capricorn? And she's like, I was like, oh, you are? And she's like, oh my God, she was right. She's like, what do you think I am? And I'm like, I don't know, you give me Gemini vibes. And she was like, oh my God. She mm -hmm. goes, do him, do him. And right. she was talking about her man. <laughs> right. And he was really quiet. And I was like, okay. In my head, I thought he just had a birthday. Mm -hmm. Like this little voice in my head, he just had a birthday, but I, I got insecure with it cause I felt pressure and I was like, I gotta be right. And then I start overanalyzing and I'm like, well, he's quiet. My man's quiet. Maybe he's an Aries. And I was like, I don't know. Are you maybe an Aries? And he's like, no. Nah. And I was like, Oh, Leo. And he goes close. And I was like, damn it. I said, you just had a birthday, didn't you? And he goes, yeah, I did. I said, you're a Virgo. I just mm -hmm. knew it. And I was like, I should have went with my intuition in the first place mm -hmm. because it never like, and you know, um, when you're taking someone's order and you're like, you know, how would you like this? And in your head, you just know what they're going to say. Mm -hmm. And then they say it, Right. you know, I, I feel like a part, a part of this podcast that I think is really important is talking about how a lot of these little stories are important because I feel like, um, a lot of people go through it, but they're shamed mm -hmm. into never talking about it. I don't know how many friends that I've talked to lately that is like, yeah, I have a story. Yeah, that this happened to me. I thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, they grew up religious and, and that, that's heavily shamed. Religious as in like maybe Christian or Catholic and that's heavily shamed. Seeing spirits is not supposed to be, um, you know, they're demons and stuff. So um, a big part of, of letting this out <laughs> and being so exposed and vulnerable with like all the listeners, I realized throughout this last week, I was like, man, you know, I have a lot of friends that know that I'm into kind of witchy stuff, but they don't know about like the stories and it's very vulnerable to put ourselves out there. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important because I feel like other people have gone through the similar situations. And so like, I, you know, I've been to therapy and that's like, that's important for your mental health, but shadow work is so important for your spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are going through stuff get, you know, I'm not against like prescription drugs at all, but I think there should be a balance. They get on the route, you know, PTSD where they're just like, okay, well I need to be on these pills cause I have something wrong with me. And it's not like you're messed up forever. It just, mm -hmm. you really need to put in the work and self-reflection. Right. And like, um, I, I asked you a while back, like, where's a good place that somebody could start with shadow work? And you gave me an author's mm -hmm. name. Do you remember his name? Um, Charles. Was, I think it was, oh, Carl, Carl Jung. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so you said Carl Jung and I have not, I will be honest. I have not read that yet. Mm -hmm. It's on my long list of books. I'm going to well, read yeah, a lot of people throw the word shadow work around yes. a lot. And most people don't even know where to start or what it really truly is. Um, so I, I would say start with reading anything you can on it. Watch mm -hmm. YouTube videos, type in Google search, you mm -hmm. know, like where beginner shadow work and mm -hmm. read up on everything and then take what resonates with you right if you're reading something and your body reacts to it and you get chills or you tear up or mm -hmm. you know you feel a knot in your throat and you're that's mm -hmm. what you focus on yeah you know 
No, I agree 100%. Because it's not going to be the same for everybody. Right. Just because um, you have something going on in your life and and you work through it, you do some shadow work, and it doesn't mean it's going to help your best friend who's going through something completely exactly. different. I mean, someone could have been molested their entire life, mm-hmm. and this was deep shadow work that they need to get into over a long period of time. Right. And then there's people that just have like a few traumatic experiences during their childhood or something. Right. That they need to go back to and and bring back to the surface, bring back to themselves those fragmented parts Mm -hmm. of them that they've pushed away and um, heal those parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is different for everybody. Yeah. My sister had told me I... I, (laughs) My sister told me, um, so my mom grew up in a haunted house and I talked about that in the last episode, but, um, I didn't talk about how my mom, after she had met my dad and had my two old, older sisters went back to that house. And I guess there was a, a, a spirit in the attic that they never knew about. And not that they didn't know that nobody connected with it, but my sister who was like, four or five did and I guess she would play with her all the time and then um she went to my mom and said uh the little girl in the attic told me Santa Claus wasn't real and my mom thinking it was just an imaginary friend because she'd never come across this spirit was like uh yeah I don't I don't know why she would tell you that you know Santa's real (laughs) like you don't want to ruin Santa Claus for your kid and so my sister, being the sassy little girl she was, went up and said, my mom said Santa Claus is real and you're a liar. And this little girl turned like, she said, skull-faced and was like scary, scared the crap out of her. And she's mm-hmm. like, I want nothing to do with like any of it. Like that traumatized me. Right. It makes you wonder and question like what are imaginary friends with kids you know what I mean like I've contemplated that a lot of times I had an imaginary friend when I was little and my uh, youngest son had an imaginary friend when he was little and so they can get pretty scary at times so it makes you think is that just you know imaginary or is that something different yeah and I still haven't been able to really put you know well me and my sister used to we used to count on the wall with our hands up like we were Mm -hmm. counting but we would talk to the spirits, or not the spirits, we didn't call them spirits. We would um, talk to our imaginary friends mm-hmm. and let them possess us. Okay, and that's fucking that's weird, scary. right? Yeah. We're weird. Right. <laughs> and but we'd be like, yeah, we get, and, and like looking into the wall with our hands around our face, mm-hmm. like we're counting, um, is how we, we would talk to them. And then we would be like, yeah, I'm such and such. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like a game. <laughs> yeah, there's so many layers to there the is. whole ghost phenomenon. Like we were talking earlier when someone crosses over mm-hmm. and, um, you know, about being earthbound and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I have a story that my friend told me. His name's Bruce. And he was visiting family in Missouri. And he was outside one day and he noticed... Um, a young man standing in the distance Mm -hmm. and it looked like he was wearing like a confederate uniform yeah and it took him by surprise so he looked away and then he looked back again like is this really am i really seeing this yeah and um it was definitely a full apparition of a soldier yeah and they had fought the confederate war there or the civil war yeah civil war they are on that property (laughs) and um and he noticed that it wasn't going away. And as he walked, it seemed to 
pace him at the same time. So it was aware of him. Which could feel scary. It can feel really scary. And so I had some theories on that, kind of going back to PTSD and things like that. Yeah. So can you imagine being a young man, a soldier, 18, 20 years old? Right. And the horrible things that he must have seen on that battlefield. Yeah. You know, just the trauma and the violence and losing your best friends losing your best friends your life being in danger constantly so i feel like those are are part of fragmented souls there could be a couple different scenarios with that like i said there's layers so he could have been killed on that battlefield right and he could be reliving the last few moments of his life right and that's why he was only there for a few minutes and then he disappeared Mm -hmm. right um and he could have crossed over right and just left that part of his soul fragmented on that piece of property, you know, yeah. in that land. And then there's another possibility where he didn't die, you know? Yeah. Um, he could have fragmented his, his soul there and then um, went back home and started a family and had a wife and kids and an entire life. Right. You know? And then when he crossed over, that part still remained there years later. God, that makes so, so you don't much actually, sense. So <laughs> you don't actually have to die to fragment your soul somewhere. Right. And and be a haunting. So we could be living and breathing right now and having this podcast yeah. and doing this. And we could have a part of our soul that's fragmented somewhere. Like and, in a house that we were hurt in. Or, yeah. you know, a part of our soul was fragmented as a child. And these people that are living in the house that we grew up in are like, man, I keep seeing a little girl running around every right. once in a while. Or, but it's real. That's what I was wondering about the little girl mm-hmm. with my sister. Right. The one that scared the crap out of her. She, she, could have been like maybe she was sick and didn't have anyone to play with, and that's mm-hmm. why she connected to my sister mm-hmm. because but she it's was only little. a portion of the whole soul. So yeah. it's not. It's, it's not the all the personality yeah. of that person. It's one little tiny mm-hmm. detail, and then it just it loops around. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So okay. So what? So, okay, remember we talked about um, last episode when I saw Mm -hmm. that spirit up against the wall and I saw what he looked like. Would you categorize? And he followed my friend's mom around. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to recap, uh, go watch, go listen to the episode, but just to recap. So he was um, apparently got in a car wreck. He lived at that house before my friend and her mom and their dad and her dad at the time. And, um... And he had followed, connected to the mom for some reason and followed her around and she felt like he was protecting her. Right. Uh, I, that's what well, they said. And see, it's all about unfinished business. Too. Yeah. So he might have had unfinished business within that house. Yeah. You know, maybe it had something to do with his mom. So he gravitated towards the mother figure yeah. or something. You know, there's always a reason. We might not be aware of what that reason is right. during that time, but there always is. Well, like one time, okay, so talk about an inconvenient time of seeing a a ghost or or a spirit or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working and I was bartending and I'd never seen a spirit at work ever. And I was bartending and I looked over to the door and I saw this man and God, he looked like he was like 60s, 70s Mm -hmm. years old, but he looked like he was probably, I don't know. I don't want to say from the 70s because it didn't look like he was from the 70s, but he looked like he was like, that was his, his, um, from what I felt from him, that was his like peak 
of life was the 70s. And so he had like long shaggy silver hair and a, a hat on and... I don't know. He he just he was detailed, but I knew he was a spirit. And I remember seeing him out of the corner of my eye and being like, "What the fuck?" In the mm-hmm. pit of my stomach, like, "Why is this happening at work?" Because at that time, I wasn't open about shit <laughs> right. to a lot of people there. I mean, now I'm just like, whatever. This well, is yeah, me. that happened to me at work too. But a lot of people would see this guy come in at like 4:30 mm-hmm. in the morning. He was actually a cook that worked there. He was there for like 20 years, and he had a heart attack on the line. Um, he was always wearing a white T-shirt. And yeah. we would see him 4.30 in the morning, walk past, and then just disappear. Like, we, as in you and other workers? Other people. And the cooks that have been there for years are like, oh, yeah, he comes in every morning at 4.30, you know? Like, That's crazy. Like, it was just like a normal thing. That, and you couldn't see him straight on. You could only catch him out of the corner of your eye. Ooh, that's and what And it would just be for a brief second. But it was always around the same um, area and the same time. See, this spirit was there for about 45 minutes, and he waved at me, and I was like, don't talk to me right now. I'm at work. And then he left, and I was like... Wait, you saw him for a full 45 minutes? No, no, no. Well, I didn't see him for the full 45 minutes. I saw him at the beginning, and I tried to avoid eye contact because he waved at me, and that freaked me out. Mm -hmm. Um, When I looked straight on, I didn't see him, but I kept seeing him out of the corner of my eye. And then about 45 minutes, give or take... He was gone, and so my assumption was that he came in with somebody that was eating there. Okay. And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know who you are attached to, but right. not that not that I want to be like heebie-jeebie, stay away from me, but mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, first of all, I hadn't seen a spirit in forever. I think mm-hmm. um, that was after, I, I guess, my reawakening, you know? Um, I'd seen him all growing up. I shut myself off. I was waking myself up over the last three years, and I... I'm pretty sure that was the first time. I'm pretty sure that was the first time. Maybe that was after I saw the the other dude in the in the in the kitchen. But it was one of the first times I saw a spirit again, and in detail at least it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh wow! And it it's not that it freaked me out. Um, it, it's not that it freaked me out. It was that I'm at work right now. You know, mm-hmm. like I I have stuff I got to do. I can't have you guys like bugging me here. Mm-hmm. And I haven't. And seen you have to sense. learn over a period of time. Like if that begins to happen to you more and more, like mm-hmm. it did with me. Yeah. Um. You have to be able to learn how to turn it on and off. Yeah. Because it can get really crazy, and you'll want to tell the people, um, about who you're seeing around them, but not yeah. everybody wants to know. Yeah, you know, that's um, true. I, when I first started being able to see spirits and full apparitions and things like that, um, I would want to tell people. But sometimes I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to tell them because there's a reason why there's a spirit trying to communicate with me right now. Right. And most of the people were open to it, but some people were like, um, you're freaking me out right yeah. now. They're not ready for that. You or know? they're like, you're, so you're, I learned you're to just turn it on and off. <laughs> Right, You're exactly. seeing a demon. Well, I remember one time at work, it was probably like 3 o'clock in the morning, and where I worked had video poker, and people would come in really late at night. And um, a guy came in, he's like, I don't have any money, I just spent all my money on video poker. Like, do you have any soup or anything, you know, to eat? And I'm broke. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, nobody was in there. I gave him some soup and uh, some coffee. And we were just talking, and I saw this woman, and he was Hispanic, and yeah. he was very dark-skinned. And I saw this white woman standing behind him, and she had eight arms. And she was, like, throwing babies around in her eight arms. And she was catching them and then letting them fall. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, this is one of the craziest (laughs) 
<laughs> metaphors, I just, my jaw just hit that the I've <laughs> ever seen before in my life. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something behind you. Is it okay if I tell you? And he's like, yeah, you can tell me. Like, what's up? And so I told him what I was seeing. He probably thought you meant something literally. <laughs> There's a spider behind you. <laughs> kind yeah, of. And he, his jaw just dropped. And oh. he was looking at me like, you're seeing my mom. So Throwing his, babies? So I guess he... I was, I was like, like okay, yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so his mom died of a drug overdose oh. a year before. And she had eight kids. And all of them went to foster care. And oh. all of them were thrown from home to home to home to home, including him. Oh. And so um, that's kind of how he ended up, like, homeless and, you know... That's coming so in sad. at three o'clock in the morning asking me for soup, you know. How did that and hit him? It was amazing. And oh, me and good. him went outside and I didn't have any customers at the time. And we went outside and we just talked for like a half an hour and he opened up to me about some things and you know, I, I kinda did a reading right then and there with him. But that was in my beginning stages. Oh I would God. never do that now because I, I know how to block that off. So when I'm around people, I don't open it unless they ask me yeah. to be open to it. Uh, but when it first started, it was like, it was like me going through puberty or yeah. something, you know, like I couldn't help it. Like if I saw something I did and sometimes I tried to focus on seeing something and I couldn't. Oh. So I really wasn't aware of like my power. Or right. That would be frustrating. I'd want to tell like everybody that. I'm such a loud mouth. <laughs> like I'm so loud and I'm just, I have no filter. I'd be like, mm -hmm. Hey, and I'd be, I'd be so loud and tell their business. <laughs> Right, this is right. probably why my spirit guides are like, no, you couldn't handle this. Right. <laughs> you could. Yeah. We yeah. all can. I think that we all have it within us. It's just whether we're um, open enough. Yes. Um, or, if, you know, if we can get away from that fearful part of ourselves that's yeah. afraid of our own gifts. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, like, touching back on society, you know, like, a lot of people experience this stuff, mm -hmm. and all of us shut up about it. Yeah, like, you were telling me about the, um, the friend that had the dreams, the premonitions yes. and the dreams, um, but it terrified her. It scared her, so she shut that off. So instead of going in, mm -hmm. writing those dreams down and really trying to use it like a muscle and working it out and, you know, yeah. opening herself up to her gift, she, she could be, off. yeah. She yeah. could be, be a dream walker. That yeah. might be her spiritual gift is to be able to do things like that. And she had one or two scary dreams that came true mm -hmm. and somebody died. And so she all of a sudden she shuts it off and doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But what if the dreams could tell other things, not just about people dying? Right. You know? I could see how that... If or it, she could it, be some kind of prophet. You yeah. Know? And just... Yeah, I could see how when you only have dreams about people dying, you're like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. if you just have, you know, a few. Yeah. And then it scares you off from it. Right. And, and then... instead it's, it's your, it's your consciousness trying to tell you, this is your gift. Look what you can do with right. this. But you it, know? and then you, you're afraid of it. Yeah. And you were saying like, okay, well I've worked with, you've worked with spirits and, and you've been to other realms. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so you have a different perspective. Like the fear is, kind of removed for you mm -hmm. and I think fear is such an enabler of keeping people stuck mm -hmm. and I'm not speaking like from a pedestal there's things right. I'm scared of obviously right. um and things I felt where I'm like no I mean I did I talked about having night terrors as a kid and and possibly being haunted um uh 
and being scared of all that. I, honestly, I think my biggest thing that I'm scared of is more so, um, not so much anymore because I'm working on it, is, uh, I guess, judgment. Not a, I, what people think of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, people will say to me, oh, you're so confident. And I'm just like, no, I'm human. Like, I got mm -hmm. that big dick energy, you know, <laughs> but, and there's things I'm confident in now, but, um, it took working through that. Um, you know, I used to do theater and I, I talk about, uh, I'd always preach when auditioning, you know, every, cause it's something my mom used to say, cause she used to be on stage and she would say, you know, everybody, even professionals are uncomfortable when they're on stage. You just have to get used to being uncomfortable. And I've used that in every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. I think about that all the time where I think, okay, this is uncomfortable, but I'm, I gotta get used to being uncomfortable. Right. And I think that saying really pushes your boundaries in a sense of like any aspect of life. Like just now we we're talking about being vulnerable mm -hmm. to people that we've known forever that didn't know that. Like when I, when I first met you, I didn't even know that you were spiritual. I didn't know your gifts. I didn't know any, any of that. And it took years before I knew how gifted you are. And and, not, and it wasn't, you weren't hiding at that point. I just didn't know, but I knew you. You came to my comedy show. Mm -hmm. Like, like we knew each other for years. And then I, I got drawn to you when I needed you. Well, I think that's a thing too, when it comes with energy and tribe and soul family and yeah. these connections that sometimes you can know someone for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And then one day you hang out and you're inseparable after yeah. that, you know, um, people come into your life for the you know yeah it's well it's kind of like i don't know i always say so we talk about soulmates um and i feel like if the human souls were a quilt that your soulmates are all the people that are your square of the quilt mm -hmm. you know and that can be your like i feel like we're soulmates like right. we connected and it's you know we're besties mm -hmm. and um they could be well, that was a fun interruption. My cat jumped on our keyboard, so. <laughs> he wants all the pets and doesn't want me talking anymore. So, um, typical kitty for you. Uh, okay, so I know we were talking about soulmates um, and what I thought, I, I, what I believe to this day. Um, I did have a question for, Saudi, for you, Saudi, about uh, poltergeist because I'm touching back to um, my mom's haunted house where she had uh, grown up and she's like, well, there were some poltergeists there. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? And, you know, she said her definition of poltergeists were like the trickster spirits, basically, what I consider a trickster spirit. Mm -hmm. But other people think that poltergeists are like evil spirits, you know, like the movie The Poltergeist, which right. was terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, what do you consider a poltergeist? So... And this is just my opinion. It's what I believe. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that poltergeists are a lot like ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, they can be fragmented souls also. Right. Um, but they stem from a very dark soul in the first place. Right. Like we have really good people in this world and we have really bad people in this world. Right. There's prisons full of them that are serving life sentences for the crimes that they've committed and mm -hmm. the hate that they have in their heart and the pain that they are able to inflict on, on people. Right. 
Um, so I believe um, poltergeists are a portion of that energy. Like when they um, when they die and move on, they're they like basically stain. I guess mm-hmm. I think of it as like a stain. And their energy, even though it's only a portion of that, mm-hmm. can pick up more negative energy. And I feel like they're poltergeists to me are kind of like leeches. They yeah. like they they love to be around energy where people are addicted to drugs or people are in domestic violence situations mm-hmm. or people that are just like low vibrational in general have a tendency to draw poltergeists in like magnets. Yeah. You know what I mean? So kind of um, like an energy vampire a little like bit an energy but... vampire but they have so much rage and so much hate within yeah. this fragment that they are able to physically hurt you. They're oh. able to pick up a table and throw it across the room or move a chair or it's that powerful put their, hate. Yeah, put their energy on you to where you feel like you're being choked and stuff like that. They're the very dangerous yeah side of the ghost. If right. you can if you can say that ghosts have um have an energy signal. Right. Um poltergeist would be at the very lowest vibration of that. Right. With the most toxic, heavy energy right. possible. What do you think about okay, so this just spurred in my head. What mm-hmm. about what do you think about like psychopaths, I guess? Mm-hmm. Like human psychopaths supposedly have no empathy. Right. Like, are they missing yes. that? Like, is that Yes. Okay. Exactly. I was like, that's what I thought mm-hmm. of when you were you were explaining it. So like a psychopath, um, let's say like Ted Bundy, I mean, that's the first one that pops mm-hmm. in my head, and he died and moves on his rage and or I mean I guess he has lack of emotions mm-hmm. but he's very violent could his energy turn in your opinion turn mm-hmm. into a poltergeist most definitely yeah and poltergeists really tend to be um usually significant to one certain place right so if there's a poltergeist in the house when the family moves out generally it doesn't follow them mm-hmm. it stays within the, and that's what makes me think that it's a fragmented soul yeah. Because they attach to places and sometimes even objects. You know, that would make sense too for a psychopath because they don't attach themselves to people. Mm-hmm. And they well, they view people as, as possessions, for one. Right. And as objects. So attaching themselves to a house and a place mm-hmm. instead of a person because there's no emotions there to attach. Like, that makes so much sense. Try not to smack my hands. Really. <laughs> I get excited mm-hmm. and I clap. <laughs> So I feel like there's just like a, a broad range of ghosts. And I think that poltergeists fall under that category because at some point they were human. Right. But then there's other things like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of shadow beings where yes. people are tormented by this, you know, they always feel like they're being watched when they're in their house and they see this shadow. You uh, know? I have a couple friends that talk. I've never mm-hmm. seen. Okay, hold on. Let me recant that. I don't think I've ever seen one. I've never been played. There's some people, there is this one person in particular um, that I've known for a long time that they, they talk about seeing shadow people a lot Mm -hmm. and, and they felt like they were being haunted. And I'm like, dude, I've never seen that. But Mm -hmm. there was that one time that I went to the park with the kids and it was after dark. And I usually don't go to the park with the kids after dark, but, um, we were just stopping by there and it was right down the street and it's lit and we're at the park. And as soon as I got there, I just got this feeling like I shouldn't be there. And I, and at first I played it off 
and just kind of told myself, well, it's because it's dark. You had the kids with you, right? Yeah. And so I was like, man, it's because it's dark. It's whatever. We were there probably like five, ten minutes. And I was like, um, okay, we got to go. And I was like, get in the car, get in the car. And then uh, one of my kids I thought was hiding behind a tree. And I was like, hey, come on. I can see you. I can see you. Come on. It's time to go. And then my son goes, mom. And I was like, what? And I turned around and looked and I could see this shadow silhouette of a little girl, like running from tree to tree and hiding. And I thought it was one of my kids. And I turn around and the kid that I thought it was, was in, in the car. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, are you all in there? And he's like, yeah, we're just waiting on you. And I'm like, okay. And I turn around and I'm like, I'm sorry to whatever spirit that was. And I left. I don't necessarily think that's a shadow spirit, but it was like a silhouette, so whatever. Right. But my my friend that's told me about shadow spirits that they have seen, like it's the way she was trying to describe it to me, it reminds me. <laughs> She's never seen the show, so I'm like supernatural, like when the demons come out of the mouth and it's like this dark mist. Um, the way that that they described it to me, I was like, that's what it it sounded like to me. It was like a dark mist. Well, if you've ever been in contact with a shadow being, yeah. you would know it. Yeah, so definitely And it definitely not. wasn't the little girl in the yeah. park. It, it is something different. You could imagine being in a room that's pitch black, that you cannot see anything, and then you see a human form. Oh, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> darker than the darkest that. black that you can imagine. And they... They're sneaky, and those I do not think were ever human in the first place. Okay, I think that they are. I'm not sure how they're created or where they come from. Yeah, um, but I don't feel like they have a soul at all or were ever human. Um, they prey off of, of negative emotions, mm -hmm. um, they like to terrify you because they feed off of the terror, the terror, the negative emotion, um, and usually from what I've seen and what I've heard from a lot of different people, they're usually male okay. and they're pretty tall. Really? A lot of them have hats on. They have a distinguishing walk also, you know, oh, they kind of just yeah, lanky no, and kind of walk you. through and you'll see them out of the corner of your eye and they want you to see them too. They're not trying to hide from you. They want you to be scared, Ugh. you know, it's, um, it's shake like your it. bed or, you know, a lot of people that have um, shadow beings within their homes um, or a part of their life because those can follow you from place to place to place. Are those people that get stuck in negative cycles, you think? Usually, And yes. they attach themselves. Mm -hmm. I've, okay, I've heard of that. They attach themselves to negative people or negative spaces. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm always working. And the, way, the only way to get rid of those, honestly, because I do a lot of ceremonies where I help people get rid of you know, different kind of energies within their home. Um, with these, my best advice is you have to raise your vibration. Yeah. You know, you and you have can't to, raise it by sucking it off of other people. No, you have to, you, you need to do some work if you have a shadow yeah. being following you around and tormenting you and terrorizing you. A lot of these people will have what they call sleep paralysis. Uh -huh. That's yep. what they label it as, um, where you're actually being, you know, Haunted by these people. Haunted in your sleep and you wake up and you can't breathe and they're on top of you. Oh, or they're, or no. they're in the room with you and you're paralyzed and you can't move. 
I love how so... we're talking about this right when my lights go down. Right. I noticed that too. I'm like, Ooh. I have my, my lights are all set on timers. Right. And so it like, it's like they automatically went down it right when we're talking about all this scary stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, with the, with those kind of beings, you just have to raise your vibration. You have to get out of the situation that you're in, whatever it is, is causing you to be in this much emotional stress and turmoil and because you can see it yeah when people well first of all when when you're in a negative cycle you do i think become an energy vampire Mm -hmm. and people can't especially people that are empathic or positive they can't you're draining to be around Mm -hmm. and i think it's important for i mean people that are like that don't i don't think necessarily know they're like that um because they're not self-reflecting and then other symptoms start happening. I guess like that. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. See, we're all learning. <laughs> um, I know. Okay, so we'll briefly talk about this, and then we're, we're probably gonna call it time. But um, I had an abusive ex that uh, unalived himself, and when I had a reading, I kept feeling like I had a message from him, and I was like, I want nothing to do with him. But you didn't know. Uh, you knew he was an ex. I just told you he's well, we a... can like backtrack a little bit. You okay. asked me to come over and do a reading yes. and see if I could pick up on an ex of yours yes. who had crossed over. Yes. And um, so you can take it from here. Yeah. But yeah. When I showed up, I had no idea. I, did I tell you he unalived himself? You may have, but I, I think I, I did not know that it was a toxic ex yes. at the time. Because I remember when I... I was doing this. I thought I was going to give you some closure. It was going to be like happy. And I was hoping that he would come through. But when he came through, it was so low vibrational. Like I got this like really negative feeling that came over me. It was like a heavy weight. Yeah. And I started reading and I was like, I don't even want to tell Ashley this because I came over to give her a good reading for, you know, her ex that passed away. Yeah. And then you can kind of take it from here. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, I asked you to come over and well, I wanted to do a full reading, but I needed because I kept getting signals that he was trying to reach me and he was very abusive, very narcissistic, um, and not a good person. And I wanted nothing to do with him in life. Um, there was restraining orders. There was all kinds of stuff. So he had unalived himself and it was such a weird feeling emotionally because, um, it was such a weird feeling emotionally because he, uh, I felt relieved by it, but okay. So when you did the reading, he, um, when you did the reading, he crossed, he'd crossed over and you basically were like, uh, I don't know how to tell you where he's at. And then I finally had to look at you cause I was trying not to give you anything. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I tell you about him, he's not going to want to talk to you cause mm-hmm. he's so narcissistic. He's like, no, you already made up your mind. And you're like, no, I like that. I want to feel what he, what he has mm-hmm. said to me. And you're like, I said, Saudi, I have no good feelings about this man. And you're like, okay, there's a high vibrational people, low vibrational people. High vibrational are good people, low vibrational bad. When you move on to the next plane, there's high vibrational place, low vibrational. He is on the lower end. And he would listen to <laughs> I you. I mean, I didn't want to say he's in hell because I don't really <laughs> believe in that. But Yeah. But, um, okay, so we've got to do a wrap up because we are about at our limit. Um... All right, so if you guys have questions or stories, please hit us up. Um, 
We have our email, thoughtingomni at gmail.com, and you can find our Lionsgate um, podcast on Facebook as well. Come and hang out with us next time, and remember to keep your minds open. Namaste.